0: Hello everyone and welcome to the February 29th edition of WarCump Academy Weekly News. I'm Renee Folson, attorney with Floyd Scarn and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our litigation report. The Court of Appeal issued a writ of review in yet another IMR Constitutional Challenge. The case of Saul Zuniga versus Interactive Trucking Incorporated and the State Compensation Insurance Fund argues that the anonymity of the IMR reviewers violates due process and the IMR statute violates the guarantee of right to appellate review. After successfully appealing an IMR determination and obtaining an order remanding the matter back to IMR for review by a different physician, Zuniga filed a discovery motion seeking the disclosure of the IMR reviewers' identities. While the discovery motion was pending, the second IMR decision authorized additional, but not all, of the prescribed medications. A trial was set at Zuniga's request on the issue of the disclosure of the IMR physician's identities. The workers' compensation judge ruled that he could not release the names of the IMR physicians. So Zuniga filed a petition for reconsideration, which was denied. He then filed a petition for writ of review with the Court of Appeal in October 2014. The briefing in this case was completed in December 2014, and the case remained idle for over a year. But, this February, the petition for writ of review was granted by the California Court of Appeal 1st Appellate District. The justices indicated they did not require oral argument unless requested by the parties. Both sides responded, requesting that they be allowed oral argument. This important case has not received much attention from the workers' compensation community, notwithstanding the significance of the outcome. And the usual stakeholders have not appeared in this case as amicus. The WCAB, in an en banc decision, sanctioned and suspended another lean hearing representative. Last December, the WCAB issued a notice of intention to suspend the privilege of Javier Jimenez to appear before the appeals board for 180 days. The notice claimed that over the last three years, Jimenez has been sanctioned numerous times for bad faith actions or tactics that are frivolous or solely intended to cause unnecessary delay while representing lien claimants. These sanctions have been imposed for knowingly proceeding to trial without necessary evidence, repeatedly presenting meritless arguments, making a false statement of material facts in a petition presented to the appeals board, and other willful failures to comply with statutory and regulatory obligations. Several examples of cases where he had been sanctioned were provided in the notice. In one case, he appeared as a hearing representative on behalf of lien claimant Universal Psychiatric Medical Center and failed to offer evidence in support of its lien claim at the trial. The work comp judge jointly and severally ordered the lien company and the lien claimant to pay sanctions and attorney fees. In another illustrative case, Jimenez represented lien claimant Joyce Altman interpreters. The work comp judge jointly and severally sanctioned Jimenez and Altman because they knew or should have known that their insistence on trial without relevant and probative evidence was frivolous. Other examples were provided of similar nature in the Notice of Intention. Jimenez did not respond to the notice. Therefore it was ordered that the privilege of Javier Jimenez to appear as a representative before the appeals board was suspended for 180 days. In our crime report a federal judge sentenced former California state senator Leland Yee to 5 years in prison after he acknowledged accepting thousands of dollars in bribes in exchange for votes some including votes on proposed workers' compensation laws. Yee and his co-defendants pleaded guilty in federal court in San Francisco last July. For his part, Yee acknowledged that he participated in two criminal enterprises, the Leland Yee for Mayor campaign in 2011 and the Leland Yee for Secretary of State campaign. Ye admitted he accepted bribes in exchange for using his influence as a state senator. One bill involved regulations for medical marijuana. A second extended the life of the California State Athletic Commission. And a third prevented pro football players on non-California teams from filing workers' compensation claims for their injuries. The indictment said an undercover agent told one of his associates Keith Jackson, who worked as a consultant and fundraiser for Yee, that the owner of a National Football League team was prepared to contribute $60,000 to Yee if he would support the workers' compensation bill. Jackson accepted after contacting Yee, who voted for the bill. Prosecutors had recommended an eight-year sentence, saying that would reflect the extent of Yee's crimes. Yee's attorneys had called for no more than five years and three months behind bars, saying Yee had a history of public service and his wife was ill. Just before sentencing, Yee said he takes full responsibility for his crimes and asked the judge for lenience and asked him to look at his entire life and not just the crimes he committed. But the federal judge was unimpressed and sentenced him to five years in prison. The judge gave Ye 30 days to surrender to the U.S. Marshal's service, which will turn him over to the federal prison system. Ye's lawyer asked the judge to recommend the sentence be served at the federal prison in Taft in Kern County. Ye rushed out of the courthouse with his lawyer. A former California Highway Patrol officer who was seen engaging in physically strenuous outdoor activities while receiving workers' compensation has been ordered to pay more than $183,000 in restitution. Back in 2012, Daniel Corey Clapp filed a workers' compensation claim for injuries to his shoulder, neck, knee, and back arising from a struggle with the man he was attempting to arrest. Over the next two years, Clapp told his doctors he was unable to work because of the injuries. But, when fellow officers saw Clapp towing a camping trailer and ski boat, an investigation was initiated by the CHP Internal Affairs Division Workers' Compensation Fraud Unit. He was filmed hooking up a boat trailer and fifth wheel camping trailer, launching the boat, and being very physically active. During this time, he was telling his supervisors that he was too disabled to even do office work. At his deposition, Clapp was asked if he had attempted to do any physical activities like camping, hunting, riding dirt bikes, or boating. He testified under oath that he had not, but wished he could and claimed he could only shuffle around the workbench in his garage. Results of the investigation were submitted to the District Attorney's Office and prosecuted by the Insurance Fraud Unit. Clapp pleaded no contest to misdemeanor workers' compensation insurance fraud in 2014 and was sentenced to 60 days in county jail and three years probation and ordered to make restitution to the CHP and the state fund. So last week, a Sacramento Superior Court judge ordered Clapp to pay the CHP nearly $152,000 for benefits he received and the cost to investigate the case. The judge also ordered Clapp to repay the state fund more than $31,000 for disability benefit payments he received and investigative costs. The owner and two officials of what a... Officials call a scofflaw San Jose marijuana dispensary were indicted by a criminal grand jury on felony charges including illegal sales of marijuana, tax fraud, insurance fraud, workers' compensation fraud, and money laundering. The company, San Jose Organics, failed to pay over $2 million in taxes. This despite the fact that the dispensary made approximately $10 million in profit over the last two years. The owner, 44-year-old Ben Kit Liu, faces up to 46 years in prison on 46 felonies and one misdemeanor. The 43-year-old manager, Brian Wong, faces up to 23 years on 15 felonies and one misdemeanor. 28-year-old Ernest Ma the secretary of the corporation faces a maximum of about 10 years on six felony counts. The dispensary was raided last July and the defendants were arrested. San Jose Organics was featured in a May 2015 NBC Bay Area expose that called the club one of the busiest medical marijuana collectives in the city. The report said city officials accused San Jose Organics Of breaking the law every day it's open for business and had already served it with multiple citations. A former Santa Clara County Sheriff's Correctional Deputy was sentenced for a false workers compensation claim filed last year. 40-year old Mark Samuel Navaretti of San Jose was sentenced to 120 days in county jail they can the time out of custody through electronic monitoring. Navaretti was also ordered to pay over $22,000 in restitution. The former deputy was injured during a softball game on July 14 while off duty at Twin Creeks Sports Complex in Sunnyvale, and he went to an emergency room for pain to his left bicep. However, Navaretti underwent surgery paid by the county after claiming he was injured while closing a filing cabinet at work. A co-worker who knew the injury took place outside the workplace informed a supervisor, which led to investigation into the crime. Investigators obtained hospital records, text messages, and video from the sports complex that recorded the game. Navarette originally pleaded not guilty to the felony count. However, last month he changed his plea to no contest. Navarette had worked with the sheriff's office for 12 years and resigned soon after his arrest. His lawyer believed the judge would have given a lighter punishment if there were not the other issues surrounding violence at the county jail which has placed this case in the spotlight. The Navarette case predates the investigation into the deadly August 26 beating of Michael Tyree at the main jail, which spurred murder charges against three other correctional deputies and prompted elected officials to promise a host of reforms of the county's jail facilities with pointed attention at misconducts by jail staffers. And in medical news, a new study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association Internal Medicine claims that an eight-week group program focused on mindfulness-based stress reduction may help with short-term functioning and long-term pain for people with chronic low back problems. The lead author from the University of Pittsburgh claimed that most people would not typically think that mindfulness training could actually lead to reduced pain. So the researchers studied 282 older adults in the Pittsburgh area with functional limitations due to chronic low back pain. The participants were randomly separated into two groups. In the mindfulness group, participants were taught Four methods of meditation using directed breathing and mindful awareness of thoughts and sensations in sitting, walking, or lying down positions. They also learned mindful stretching during the initial eight weeks. Those in the comparison group met for the same amount of time in groups of the same size with the same amount of homework and the time with facilitators but instead of focused on education based on the 10 keys to healthy aging, which does not address pain. They learned about managing high blood pressure and did the same chair stretches as the mindfulness group. Based on disability questionnaires, the people in the mindfulness group had improved more after eight weeks than the control group, though disability scores were again similar by the six-month point. The mindfulness group also had more improved current and most severe pain scores at the six-month point. Chronic pain is one of the most common conditions encountered by healthcare professionals, particularly among patients 65 years old or more. And researchers say that barriers often prevent treating with medication, so studies on non-medication options like mindfulness are important. The mindfulness-based stress reduction program is offered in many medical centers, communities, and online. And in regulatory news, the DWC encourages attorneys representing California injured workers to now submit independent medical review applications and medical records online with Move-It file transfer system. MoveIt is a web-based portal that allows users to submit files securely and is the best and most reliable way to transmit medical records to the IMR review process with Maximus Federal Services. The system also provides much better traceability than paper and fax submissions. The DWC Acting Administrative Director, George Parasato, says... He believes utilizing MoveIt for IMR applications will improve the efficiency and predictability of the IMR process. Attorneys will now know with certainty that their applications have been received. Whether an applicant attorney chooses to submit a request for IMR by way of MoveIt or otherwise, It is very important to include a copy of the complete utilization review determination with the IMR application form and sign the IMR application form before submitting a request for IMR. Attorneys should also send the signed IMR application and the UR determination within 30 days of receiving the UR determination to the address on the form and remember to serve all parties. And in other news, Samuel King has been appointed Vice President of Fraud Investigations for Employers. With 24 years of fraud investigations leadership experience and 10 years of law enforcement experience, King brings valuable expertise in the field of workers' compensation fraud. This position will work under the Senior Vice President of Claims. He is a recognized expert in the area of workers' compensation fraud. King served as past chairman of the California Workers' Compensation Institute's Anti-Fraud Committee, founding member of the California Department of Insurance Fraud Division Anti-Fraud Advisory Committee, and former chairman of the California Department of Insurance Committee on SIU Training. King holds a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Management from Azusa Pacific University and is a licensed private investigator. King will be based in Glendale, California. Earlier this month, employers reported operating income for the 2015 fourth quarter and full year of $34.3 million and $81.3 million, respectively and it announced a $50 million share repurchase program and a 50% increase in the first quarter 2016 cash dividend. Officials say operating earnings benefited from favorable prior year reserve development. The company commented that it strengthened performance throughout 2015 and was pleased to report its best operating results in the fourth quarter and the full year since 2007. Measures taken to improve employee safety have resulted in workers' comp cost savings for Plumas County. County officials estimated that it saved over $1.8 million in workers' compensation claims. In 2009-2010, the county paid $1.85 million in workers' compensation, but by 2014-15, that number had dropped to slightly more than $117,000. The county safety officer presented the information to the board, with the county's treasurer and risk management officer and said the savings reflected the emphasis placed on employee safety. One of the supervisors also reported that the active safety program instilled the county is working. This report is confirmatory of long-standing industry findings. As far back as 2001, Liberty Mutual Insurance Company released a report of a survey that shows 61% of executives say $3 or more is saved for every $1 invested in workplace safety. Then OSHA's Office of Regulatory Analysis agreed. Its evidence suggested that companies that implement effective safety and health can expect reductions of 20% or greater in their injury and illness rates and a return of $4 to $6 for every dollar invested. In its 2012 Workplace Safety Index, Liberty Mutual estimated that employers paid almost $1 billion per week for direct workers' compensation costs for the most disabling workplace injuries and illnesses in 2010. And that is all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news, and for much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcasts and our special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or your Android device by searching for the WorkComp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm Renee Foles, an attorney with Floyd Scarn and Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and please drop by again next week for more news.